Does your dog talk to you? Do you know what he or she is saying? Welcome to My Doggy Says. Here now to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog, the host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Hi, this is Fred Haney, host of the My Doggy Says show, where you learn about dog training, dog bonding, and how to build a stronger relationship with your dog. You'll hear interviews here with experts from all corners of the dog world, and the whole idea is to help you improve your dog communication and dog training skills and help you build more nurturing relationships with your pets in order to be dog's best friend. As usual, I'm here with one of my best friends, Callie Golden Retriever. Callie's four and a half years old and uh, just feeling her oats. We had our uh, ritual evening soccer match today. Callie has invited me to play soccer with her every day since she was eight weeks old and first came to live at my house. She found that old rubber underinflated practice soccer ball in the backyard and got down behind it and said, okay, Fred, show me what you got. And I gave it a kick and she trapped it under her tummy, which is kind of funny because she couldn't get all four paws to the ground. Uh, she was a tiny little puppy. The ball was bigger than she was. Uh, but it was her game. It was her creation, and uh, I just love the fact that uh, she sort of made it up, and I go along with it, and she comes and gets me every evening, and we go out and uh, play soccer. She's gotten so she can d- jump a couple feet in the air and bonk the ball off her nose. She does what we call nosers. Uh, if she was a person, you'd call it a header, but when you're a golden retriever, your nose gets in the way, and uh, the ball zings off her nose. We're working hard at trying to get up to uh, – volley of six, which means uh, six shots in the air without the ball touching the ground or at least on a sort of a half bounce, but uh, we haven't got there yet, and my back is off a little bit, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about this a little more with our guest tonight, but I have a feeling that Kelly knows my back is off, and she's kind of uh, changed the game a little bit because she realizes that uh, it, it hurt, hurts for me to take a real full swing at the ball. Uh, so our guest tonight can probably help me understand that. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about the emotional capacity of our dogs and ourselves from Kevin Behan, who is the uh, author of Your Dog is Your Mirror. It's uh, just a fascinating book and uh, totally uh, in tune with the kinds of things we talk about here on the show. So it's going to be a, a very entertaining evening visiting with Kevin. Uh, if you'd like to join the program uh, and uh, maybe you have a question for Kevin, his full-time occupation is dog trainer, uh, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. Uh, we'd love to have you participate with us during the week. A uh, good way to do that is to check out uh, our website, www.mydoggiesays.com. You can send me an email if you'd like, fred at mydoggiesays.com. And uh, also uh, check out some of the content there. We rebuilt the website last year to make it easy to access the content. There's a lot of video, a lot of photographs, uh, podcasts of all these shows. Uh, You can get some clips from the Dog Appreciation Lesson CD. Uh, and so on. Fun uh, website with just a lot of content within a couple mouse clicks. So uh, tonight we're going to visit with Kevin Behan, uh, who is the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror, uh, 
uh, recently released book, and uh, it's about the emotional capacity of our dogs and ourselves. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the My Doggy Says Show. Hi, Fred. It's great to be here. Hey, it sounds like you and Callie are getting ready for uh, Letterman. Almost. <laughs> I don't know if he does his pet tricks anymore. I'm yeah, I, I, I'm but, not sure uh, Callie's quite at that level, but I've got to tell you, we have so much fun with this. And, and the thing that's uh, especially fun for uh, for me about it uh, is that it's really her thing. Uh, right. I get, uh, I, we'll talk about this some more as we go, I know, but uh, I, I, so much of uh, dog ownership uh, seems to be about obedience and uh, getting your dog to do the things you want it to do. Uh, and I'm not sure what's so wrong with sometimes doing the things that your dog wants to do. And I, I just uh, tickled that Callie kind of invented this game and uh, I, it gives me a lot of pleasure to let it be her thing. I mean, I'm I'm learning from it. I'm, I'm becoming a, a real soccer player, and right. uh, I mean, that's an overstatement. But but it, it's been a, a wonderful experience for me. And every evening we go out and for about 15 minutes uh, kick the soccer ball. It gets kind of rigorous. I mean, we really work on some things. There's some things we're trying to get better at. Uh, but in the end, it's really her thing, and it's her invitation. She has a look that she gives me. She sticks her head into my office and kind of screws her face up. You know, I would say it's sort of the opposite of a golden retriever smile, you know, instead of that great big uh, uh, wide mouth smile that a golden retriever can give. Instead, she kind of scrunches everything up and looks at me and says, hey, Fred, it's time to play soccer. Right. So we have fun with that. Uh, it's a My Doggy Says show, and we're visiting tonight with uh, Kevin Behan, who's the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror, The Emotional Capacity of Our Dogs and Ourselves. If you have a question for Kevin, who is a professional dog trainer and has been for a long time, we'll talk a lot about his background. The number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX, and outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is one 866 Five three six eleven hundred. I'm going to read just a paragraph from the jacket of Your Dog is Your Mirror. Uh, in Your Dog is Your Mirror, dog trainer Kevin Behan proposes a radical new model for understanding canine behavior. A dog's behavior and emotion, indeed its very cognition, are driven by our emotion. The dog doesn't respond to its owner based on what the owner thinks, says, or does. It responds to what the owner feels. And in this way, dogs can actually put people back in touch with their own emotions. What an amazing idea, uh, Kevin. Uh, but talk about that a little more and uh, tell us where that came from. Well, you know, um, well, it's got a lot of roots, but uh, it's interesting that the first couple comments you made uh, really touches on a lot of profound things that are going on. I mean, everything that dogs do is a miracle of nature. But because they're so ubiquitous in our life and world, we take it all for granted. And, uh, I mean, just the, the fact that a dog will play with a human at full speed and then be able to, you know, they put their heart into the game, and yet at the same time they're, they have uh, sensitivity and awareness of our own limitations. So you can play, you know, your dog can mild you but not hurt you. If a horse were to play with you at full speed, you're, you're in big trouble. But a dog can, uh, that's what I mean by the term emotional capacity, is they feel what we feel. So my, um, I, I 
maybe the first insight I had in that way was as a police dog trainer and protection dog trainer, I started getting amazing reports from the field from officers who would tell me their dog alerted on someone who was a known criminal but wasn't doing anything criminal at the time. It was being, and then I had a couple incidents with uh, personal protection dogs where they really wanted to bite someone, and at first we thought it was inappropriate, but as uh, circumstances played out, we found out that the person was going to, was working on some kind of uh, uh, you might call a white collar crime, so that it wasn't going to be a physical violence. And the dog couldn't bite the person, but he really wanted to bite the person, but he he didn't at the same time. So it was very. I, I came up with the expression that dogs are never wrong. And at first, I just saw it in terms of this ability to understand malfeasance or to to, to sense malfeasance in someone. But eventually, it extended to everything and and to the family dog and normal uh, uh, behavior that they're actually acting out the emotional energy in their group, be it the family or their fellow dogs or whatever was going on. It was all a reflection of inner states. And that ultimately led me to, to understand emotion as a universal feature of consciousness, of, of every animal's makeup is emotional. And when we get down to our core level, this is the, the level at which we actually connect with our fellow animals. So, and dogs are have the highest emotional capacity in my reading of nature because they go by that inner core more than any other animal. Uh, so that's what I mean by the, by the word emotional capacity. I just want to throw one other thing is most of this knowing and, and this feeling what another feels then gets misassigned to the higher reaches of cognition, intellectual development. So, um, and that's where I think we go off track and we start reading thoughts into what they're doing, but what they're actually feeling what we're feeling. And there's one other thing, if you don't mind, um, when you talked about you don't know if this game is appropriate, letting the dog lead the way, um, that speaks to a, a judgment we have against dogs and emotion. There's the same judgment that we have to be in control of the dog every moment. And it's like we should be in control of emotion every moment. So the the, what dogs are here to teach us about emotion is really, in my view, very profound. Part of my uh, initial reservation about uh, playing Callie's game uh, was some influence from uh, what you refer to in your book, I think, as the, the dominance theory, right. um, which I've really moved away from, and I think a lot of people have, too. Uh, but you know, several years ago, I was getting a lot of advice along the lines that says, well, you shouldn't play tug-of-war with your dog because it'll make your dog aggressive. Well, I don't think I buy that uh, anymore. And I think a lot of trainers are not really buying that. I suppose it can happen, but it's uh, maybe it's not all bad uh, to let Callie bring me a toy uh, and put my hands on it and then just kind of wait and see. Does she want to play tug-of-war? Sometimes we just play, let's sit here and hold this together for a couple minutes. All right. Well, you know, uh, going back to my police dog days, uh, in the old days, in the 60s and 70s, we used to procure dogs from family families who they had a nice shepherd and it started biting everybody, and they would want to get rid of it, and they would donate it to the police department. And that was before very smart criminal defense lawyers came on the scene, and now police departments can't do that. 
But what I noticed was with these dogs is, I mean, they were really rank when they came into the program. But after they went to the bite work, they started to become amazingly calm. And after a, a, a period of time on the force, this dog was now going to school demonstrations and kids were petting him and he was part of the police force and everybody loved him. And he was becoming a productive uh, member of the community. And that led me to understand that, wow, I, that's what I should be doing with these aggressive dogs that are in the civilian life, just the regular family dog. So I developed the idea that you should play tug-of-war with your dog, and the dog should always win. And this, the dog then gives you credit, and that's really the, uh, the fountainhead of leadership, is that you make the dog feel good, and the dog loves you for it, and then that becomes the ultimate reward if you want to attach it to reinforcing any given behavior. Uh, wow, what a great uh, a, a great idea! And uh, dogs certainly do uh, r- recognize uh, how we interact with them, don't we? I mean, we'll talk about it some more. But uh, I've worked hard at trying to pay attention to the behavioral messages that my dogs send, and it's just real clear that they appreciate that. They they do all these things that make you stop and scratch your head and say, "Well, wait a minute, why did my dog do that?" Uh, and sometimes you can figure it out and act on it, and, and they, they clearly really appreciate that. Uh, Kevin, uh, tell our listeners, what we're, we're just about a minute away from the end of the segment here, um, tell our listeners quickly uh, how they can find your book and how they can find your website. Well, hopefully my book is in every local bookstore, but if not, it's at Amazon.com, and I really like people to support the uh, brick-and-mortar bookstores. Um, but if not, you can get it at Amazon.com, and my website is NaturalDogTraining.com, and there's access to the books there. So um, should be pretty easily available. Uh, this is the My Doggy Says Show, and we're visiting tonight with Kevin Behan, who's the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror, The Emotional Capacity of Our Dogs and Ourselves. Uh, don't go away. We'll be back with Kevin right after the break. Welcome back to My Doggy Says. Here once again to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog. The host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where you get better at dog training, you improve your dog talk and dog bonding skills, uh, and learn how to build more nurturing relationship with your pets in order to be dog's best friend. And you're doing it on the Doggy Appreciation Network. Uh, This evening, we're learning all about the emotional capacity of our dogs and ourselves uh, from Kevin Behan, who is the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror, which is just a a really wonderful and intriguing title. Uh, Kevin's a professional dog trainer, and if you have a question you'd like to ask him, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. Outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. And uh, of the many ways you can track along with us during the week, one of them is to follow us on Twitter. We're uh, at MyDoggySays, so uh, be sure and check us out on Twitter. And the uh, 
our tweets also show up on our Facebook page, which is uh, uh, the My Doggy Says Show. Um, Kevin, you talk you, you talk a little about uh, the inner core level of emotional capacity, and and said that we, we tend to. Uh, I, I th I'm probably putting words in your mouth, but that we tend to uh, confuse that a little with uh, the dog's intellectual development. Uh, one of the guests that we've had on the program. Uh, has done a lot of research. Uh, you probably know of the work of Stanley Corin. Oh, and sure, yeah. He, he says that uh, dogs have the the IQ of a two-and-a-half-year-old kid, two to two-and-a-half, uh, and, but uh, the uh, emotional development of uh, of a teenager, that, that there's this big difference in their emotional development versus their, their IQ. I always have a little bit of an argument with the uh, studies that say, well, dogs aren't really as smart as we think they are. I don't know if smart is the right word or not. Um, and, and maybe it's about emotional uh, development and emotional interaction. But they sure do some awfully clever things, don't they? And, and they sure connect a lot of dots in a way that a two-and-a-half-year-old kid does not. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I couldn't disagree more with Dr. Corin with that uh, assessment that, um, you know, a child is, so much more emotional. I mean, I would agree with him that their like uh, dogs are very much like children, but what they have in common is emotion. So uh, a child is very emotional, very much in the present moment, uh, and, and emotion is an immediate moment phenomena. And what I've learned from studying dogs is that uh, emotion has an internal principle, and this creates structure which all the animals tune into. So they don't figure it out intellectually. If I do this, then that will happen. They feel the flow of circumstances according to certain logical principles, and then they tune in more or less successfully depending on a lot of things going on. So the uh, best way I could sum it all up is that what animals are actually doing, and the higher their emotional capacity, the more astute they are at this, is they're reading the emotional history of whatever being they're attracted to. So if we just backpedal a bit into the natural history of dogs, I mean, the science is moving back more and more strongly to wolves as ancestor of dogs. There was a period where all the, the progressive, modern, positive trainers wanted to get out of that because they didn't like the dominant hierarchy it was politically, and, and that may well be discredited, as I couldn't agree more with that discrediting. But nevertheless... Um, the dog does is based on the wolf, and there's some new books coming out that are really going to nail that down. Uh, but what the wolf is doing is he's physically inferior to his main prey, and what he's doing when he's uh, saying the prey and the herd is, under, is comprehending their emotional history, and he can tell which ones, he can feel which ones are prone to becoming confused if he puts them under pressure. And that's what the pack is doing. They're bringing their emotional energy to bear on the herd, and this identifies which ones feel vulnerable, and that's the ones on which they focus. And so, anyhow, this was this capacity was amplified in domestication because man's early interest in wolves had to do with hunting, and out of each out of that interest came every breed of dog. And if we look at the names of breeds of dog. They invariably have something to do with hunting. A lot, lot of the uh, uh, earlier ones have to do with hunting, don't they? You're listening yeah. to the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, helping you find ways to build a stronger bond with your dog. 
uh, and to be a better dog trainer and dog bonder. Uh, tonight we're learning all about the emotional capacity of our dogs and ourselves from Kevin Behan, uh, author of Your Dog is Your Mirror. Uh, Kevin's a professional dog trainer, has been for a long time. If you'd like to ask him a question, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is one 536 1100 uh, Kevin, uh, you're probably also familiar with uh, the work of Jonathan Franklin, The Wolf in the Parlor. Oh, you know, I haven't read his book yet, but I, uh, I, I am familiar, yeah. That's a really interesting uh, uh, book, and I mean, it's consistent, I think, with what you're saying about uh, dogs and wolves having something to do with each other way back. But one of the things that he does, I mean, he, he actually pushes back in time quite a bit. I think he gets back to ten or 12,000 years to the time when uh, uh, man and dog became uh, kind of intertwined with each other. Uh, and part of his fascinating story is that the brain mass of men and dogs uh, is, is documented to have actually decreased by 10 or 20% in that time frame, presumably because man didn't have to watch the camp so hard at night and the wolf or the dog didn't have to hunt so hard. Well, you know, this actually speaks also to uh, our criticism of Dr. Corrin is if, the, if cognition were so vital to to the dog's adaptability, then he should have a bigger brain than the wolf, and he doesn't. And the reason, in my view, is it's just like the evolution of computers. They're going to smaller network computers where all the, all the computers are interconnected now. There's so much more information available to us via our computer, not because we build supercomputers, which are almost obsolete these days, and yet that was the trend back in the 60s and 70s, crazy supercomputer, bigger and bigger, more powerful computers. But now it's smaller computers linked together, creating unlimited information and accessing this information. And I believe that the evolution of consciousness is following the same route. Uh, if it goes by this core emotional capacity, they can um, animals can interlink and become more and more adaptive. I just saw a show on so it's like cloud cloud computing. Yes, exactly, exactly. So this networking, which is based on emotion and feeling, is what makes for adaptability, not figuring things out according to an intellectual logic. It, interesting. Yeah, well, well, let's talk some more about that because uh, I, I think it's a fascinating subject. Uh, intelligence is probably not the, quite the right word, but I'm just so impressed with some of the uh, clever things that dogs do and the way they put two and two together or four and four, uh, the wheels are always going around somehow. And I, Maybe it's not intelligence, but it's something good. Uh, we're visiting here on the My Doggy Says show tonight with Kevin Behan, the author of the Your Dog is Your Mirror, The Emotional Capacity of Our Dogs and Ourselves. Uh, Kevin, quickly uh, tell our listeners how they can find your uh, book and your website. Uh, yep, they can find my book on Amazon and, and uh, hopefully at every local bookstore. And also my website is naturaldogtraining.com. Okay, terrific. Um, well, it's a fun subject. We'll dig in uh, deeper in the next segment. Uh, our guest tonight is Kevin Behan, author of Your Dog is Your Mirror, The Emotional Capacity of Our Dogs and Ourselves. 
And it makes us uh, kind of look inside ourselves pretty hard, doesn't it, to understand some of what's going on with our dogs. Uh, be sure and join us. We'll be back with Kevin after the break. Your dog's actions may speak louder than words. Welcome back to My Doggy Says, here again to help you become a better listener with your best friend, the author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where you learn what makes dogs tick, how to improve your dog training and dog bonding skills, and how to be dog's best friend. And you're doing it on the Doggy Appreciation Network. Tonight, we're learning all about the emotional capacity of our dogs and ourselves, also about our dog's intelligence, from dog trainer Kevin Behan, the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror. Um, if you have a question for Kevin would like to join the program, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. Outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. And uh, as usual, we'd love to have you participate with us during the week. Uh, you could visit our website at mydoggysays.com. Um, if you haven't done it, you ought to uh, jump out and buy a copy of, of My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie. Uh, it's available on the website. It's also available on Amazon, and it's available in all the bookstores. Uh, and it's really a, a book about interpreting a dog's behavioral uh, messages. So if your dog ever does something that you don't quite understand, uh, you're probably uh, getting uh, uh, some communication. Uh, and uh, the question is, what's the message? So uh, my dog, he says, is a collection of 85 uh, behavioral messages uh, and my attempt at interpreting them. Uh, so it's kind of fun. It's uh, color pictures of uh, my golden retriever, Jamie, uh, and uh, be sure and uh, go out and grab a copy of it. Um, so, Kevin, we're uh, being joined by Patty, who I think has a question for you. Patty, welcome to the My Doggy Says show. Oh, thank you so much. I First, I want to thank both of you for uh, bringing such valuable information to light. It is so important. I think society by far and large takes dogs for granted, and uh, and they absolutely do not realize how much intelligence they have. Uh, currently, I'm living with four dogs, and my husband and I have adopted and rescued dogs for the past 20 years. Uh, my target breed is Rottweilers. Uh, what I would like to ask you is, since so much of what you're saying is um, almost an intangible science, may I say, I, I'm just curious, how did you go about uh, making these conclusions, if you don't mind my asking? Yeah, well, there's uh, a million little steps, some of which I documented in the book, but uh, uh -huh. I started to see a continuity in everything that dogs were doing, and it and then I found a logic to it that wasn't uh, human. It wasn't rational. Of course. Yeah, and I started to understand that logic. And then being a trainer, I started to be able to play with it and slowly develop a method based on that. So um, it you know, led me to, to certain principles that everything dogs do is a function of attraction and emotion is a function of attraction. So I 
I developed a couple of really firm guideposts that just led me to be able to decode things in a more and more refined way and develop a model that became very elaborate, but it's based on some real simple principles. Um, so the dogs are, as I was mentioning earlier to Fred, is the dogs are reading our emotional history, and they want to get whatever's latent in us moving. So if you have four dogs, each one will reflect an aspect of your emotional history, which is also reflected in your personality. So each one, you'll find your husband will identify with one in one area and you with another one, and you'll find that they're manifesting some aspect of your personality. Like when I watch my dogs walking around the place, I'm always recognizing myself and what they're doing. And it's, it's, it's a humbling experience, let me put it that way. So it keeps us learning and growing. So I think that's the real real role that a dog should play in our lives is, is we should be learning from them more than teaching them. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, you are you are a dog trainer, uh, animal psychologist, or? Uh, well, I'm a natural philosopher, possibly. Okay, for dogs. So, uh-huh. Manny, can you see some of that in uh, your dogs? Can, can you? See, well, uh, the, the point I would like to make, if I may, this you know, uh, we are fortunate because we have a lot of space, so we kind of live in a place that's ideal for dogs. <laughs> and uh, uh, what we have always done with our dogs is they they kind of develop and educate themselves, and they're very appropriate, especially with the Rottweilers. I've seen that they don't. They, I, I've hired trainers, and they, it's like, okay, yeah, all right, sit, stand, okay, why don't you sit and stand? You understand what I'm saying? The dog is like so bored. Yeah, you threw the ball, you go get it. Yeah, it's like, you know, like, I'm a lot smarter than you, mister. You know, you always got, uh, I was getting that message from my Rottweilers when I had the trainer here, and I have found with time, you know, it's like they know what to do. So we have fences and we have a compound and kennels, and the point is they just, you know, it's like they know what to do. And if one dog is out of line, they self-correct. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that... of course, in this environment we have, I'm not saying this is typical for, you know, the average. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to promulgate, that uh, the social behavior of dogs and wolves and animals is self-organizing. There is no leader. There is no leader. It's self-organizing. They all tune in to the order. There is an order, but it's not a trickle-down leadership thing, and, and I think you're exactly right. It's self-organizing, and they can feel what to do. If we substitute the word feel for think or know, I think we're a lot closer. So they can feel what is, what, where is their place in that circle, at, in that context at that moment. Patty, and it uh, flips from time to time. Patty, uh-huh. uh, great call. Thank you so much for calling. If you okay. uh, would like a copy of the Dog Appreciation Lesson CD, give some contact information to Wayne there, and uh, we'll make sure you get it. Oh, thank uh, you and, so much. Uh, this is a My Doggy Says show, and we're visiting tonight uh, with Kevin Behan, who is the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror, uh, The Emotional Capacity of Dogs and Ourselves, uh, if you'd like to join the program, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. Uh, Kevin, when we were talking uh, off the air for a minute, uh, you referred to um, adaptive sociability. 
Uh, and uh, why don't you uh, expand on that for a little bit, and then uh, I, I have uh, I have a trick question for you. Okay. <laughs> um, what we call intelligence in dogs is actually adaptive sociability or emotional capacity. Uh, so if uh, what gives a dog a high emotional capacity is that even when things are changing, when things are intense, when there's a lot of resistance and stress, they still go by, they, they are able to go by that um, root emotional core that they have in common with every other living being. And if two animals can be at that deep level, then they can communicate. So this is, for example, why we can train a dog to do search and rescue at a disaster scene with there's lights and sirens and chaos and stress, and yet the dog can very calmly do its work. And no other animal on earth could be trained to do that. Only the dog can do that kind of work, and that's because he can feel what his owner wants in that in that kind of uh, high-stress situation. And, and just to go back to what Patty was saying about the training she experienced was very boring. Well, the, the training for a dog is never boring if we ask what do they want, what, what's in it for them, and that turns the whole paradigm around. Uh, so this idea of emotional capacity means that they can feel what the purpose of the group is and then they align themselves it's a self-organizing system they align themselves around that collective purpose and they they're going to start jumping the gun and doing it automatically and that's what we call intelligence and and it is intelligent it's the highest yeah, form yes. of intelligence so here here's my trick question okay. <laughs> I, I, on my uh, on our YouTube channel I have some uh, video of Callie when she was probably about two years old uh, and uh, my, my wife and I had put a carrot inside a Kong toy and she's fussing with it kind of tossing it around and figuring out how to get the carrot out um, she's rolling it for a while she rolls it on the carpet uh, then she picks it up and takes it into the kitchen where there's a hard linoleum floor, and she starts throwing it down on the floor until the carrot pops out. <laughs> now, now, is that a reflection of me somehow? Uh, that's interesting. I, um, I mean, ultimately, there's there's some aspect of you that is uh, uh, willing to explore something in a novel way. And um, there's also, did, does she ever play in the in the kitchen with the with the toy? It bounces um, more. Just just casually. There, there is another game she plays, and I'm, frankly, I'm not sure which came first. She'll, she's trained my wife and me to produce a puppy treat when she bounces a tennis ball on the kitchen floor. Yeah. So when she experienced a lot of resistance with the carrot. Uh, and what I spoke earlier about getting energy to move, she'll be a draw. She'll be pulled into that room where there's more energy moving in that room because of the hard floor, and uh, so that's that's a wonderful example of sociability as adaptive intelligence. But you'll find if you look at that very closely, you'll find some parallel where you may have this. Uh, when you get stressed, you tend to go into the kitchen for some reason and to to relieve that stress. Interesting. Maybe, maybe so. Uh, Kevin, we're just about at the end of the segment. Uh, tell our listeners how they can find uh, your book, Your Dog is Your Mirror, uh, and also your website. Oh, great. Yep, it's at uh, local bookstores on Amazon.com, and my website is naturaldogtraining.com. 
And what uh, can people expect to find there? What's some of the content on your website? Well, I've got uh, a lot of articles on this, these concepts and uh, why dogs do what they do, a big section on that. And there's not a lot of uh, philosophical discussions in comparing my theory to other theories that are out there. And then there's a ton of links to uh, related sites and uh, thinkers I admire and that kind of thing. So there's quite a, quite a bit of information there. Well, um, one, one thing we might talk about a little bit in the next segment is uh, what are some of the other theories that uh, uh, are, are sort of in the same direction here, if that's an appropriate uh, thing to talk about. Great. Uh, it's a, a great subject. Uh, really makes a lot of comment about uh, the emotional interaction between uh, humans and dogs. Uh, we're visiting tonight with Kevin Behan, the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror, The Emotional Capacity of Our Dogs and Ourselves. We'll be back with Kevin right after the break. Since 1991, the law offices of Will and Check and Bartness have provided quality business litigation service that you'd find at a big firm with small firm atmosphere. Will and Check and Bartness specialize in cases of breach of contract, real estate litigation, construction defect, business fraud, and breach of fiduciary duty. For professional yet very personal legal representation, call Will and Check and Bartness today at 602-606-2810, 602-606-2810. I'm Sean McCaffrey, host of Conservatives Lead, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Decision makers, newsbreakers, and everything right. No liberals allowed. Brought to you by the Conservative Leadership Coalition. Conservatives Lead, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. We will not be an easy target. We will never roll over and let pain plan our day. Or let an ache tell us what we can and cannot do. We will not linger on the sofa. Ask somebody else to bring us the mail. Or take the parking space closest to the door. But what we will do is take action. We will plan ahead. We will protect our bodies and fight back by moving. Lace up our sneakers and grab our tennis rackets. We will bowl. We will do our morning laps and bike ride through Saturday afternoon. We will walk our dogs around the block. We will pass up the elevator and proudly take the stairs. Because arthritis can't beat us if we beat it first. In the fight against arthritis, you need a weapon. What's yours? To learn more, visit us at fightarthritispain.org. This message brought to you by the Arthritis Foundation and the Ad Council. Game in town, Dorf on Sports. Every Wednesday at 9 p.m. brought to you by azcasino.com. Log in and win or call triple triple three play. Dorf on Sports, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Body language, facial expressions, they're not just for humans anymore. Author Fred Haney says his dog Jamie talks to him. And now to continue the canine conversation, author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show. I'm Fred Haney, your host and author of the four-time award-winning book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie, How a Dog Named Jamie Talks to Her People. Tonight we're learning all about the emotional capacity of our dogs and ourselves in the interaction between them. 
uh, from Kevin Behan, who is a professional dog trainer, has been for a long time, uh, and Kevin's also the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror. Uh, very fun uh, subject and uh, very informative, uh, learning a lot about uh, interaction with our dogs and a lot about how to think about uh, training and interacting and, and bonding. If you'd like to join the program, if you have a question that Kevin might be able to help with, uh, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. Another way you can participate with us during the week is to uh, go on the website and check out the Dog Appreciation Lesson CD. Uh, that's a collection of uh, 18 uh, very uh, loving little dog and human stories uh, taken from the show. Uh, they're sound clips. Uh, most of them are about two or two and a half minutes uh, taken from interviews we've done over the uh, years here on the program. Uh, you'll hear, for example, uh, Dean Koontz, uh, the author of a lot of uh, uh, mystery stories. Uh, Dean often writes dogs into his Books and he has one very cute story uh, about uh, please don't take my dog to jail. Uh, you also hear uh, Tom Sullivan, the author of If You Could See What I Hear, uh, talk about uh, how important it is to trust in a guide dog. Uh, Tom has had a number of guide dogs, and uh, trust is just such an incredible issue. So th these are just lovely little uh, stories, uh, a special gift for uh for your uh, uh, dog-loving friends, uh, and uh, uh, it's available on, uh, on uh, CD Baby. It's also available on the website, www.mydoggiesays.com. Um, Christiana, welcome to the My Doggy Says show. Uh, you're on with Fred and Kevin. You mean I'm on now? You are on now. Okay. Got a question for Kevin? Uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily a question. I've only gotten into this whole dog thing about a year ago, and I've only discovered natural dog training about two months ago, and it feels right. I want to thank Kevin for putting it out there, for having some friends that have some great websites where they actually explain the methods to you. I've used pushing with my little terrier, and I, I, I'm, I'm like totally delighted. The whole relationship has changed. It has shifted, um, and I'm just, I'm just really grateful. Uh, I, I don't know enough to ask really any intelligent questions, you know, because I'm going to get hopefully a German Shepherd type dog next year, and I would like to raise it from the start, the natural dog training way. And at the same time, I would like to be able to take the dog everywhere where I go and have him well-behaved. So I've been reading about other ways of so-called training a dog, but I don't know how to um, use the natural dog training way, the way that I have read on it online. I've read... Um, your dog is my mirror. Is your mirror, but not the 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 other book, the original one. Right. So it's like, is there a book or a plan? It's like, okay, here you have your adopted six month old puppy or whatever. What do you do now 
the natural way without having to go to the alpha, without having to do the food treats, or do you do the food treats? That's a question that's going to come up sometime next year, and I'm kind of hoping that uh, yeah, well, there'll I'm, be a plan there by then. Well, if you do get my first book, Natural Dog Training, there's, there's a huge section. About a third of the book is about developing a puppy. Oh, that's so, great. I'm yeah, so glad. And, yeah, great. So I uh, appreciate your kind words. And my basic motto is the more of the puppy that survives into adulthood, the happier and well-adjusted the dog. Play is an important part of that, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, that's, puppy, that's huge. Really, so, uh, the, the basis of natural dog training is is an emotional development, and that, that takes time. It's not about filling the dog up with lessons. It's more yeah. about um, helping the dog feel free and relaxed and safe in a world of intensity and resistance and stress yeah. and which, by working with his native inborn capacities. Christiana, uh, we need to take a break here. Uh, okay. thank, thank you so much for oh, okay. calling. Good, good luck with the German Shepherd. And if you'll stay on and uh, give Wayne some contact information, if you'd like, we'll get you a copy of the Dog Appreciation Lessons CD. Okay. It's the My Doggy Says Show. Thank I'm your you, host, Christian. Fred Haney, helping you find ways to be a better dog trainer and help build stronger bonds with your dog. Tonight we're learning all about the emotional capacity of our dogs and ourselves from Kevin Behan, Your Dog is Your Mirror, is uh, Kevin's uh, recently published book. Uh, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. Uh, Kevin, uh, good, uh, good call there from Christiana. Uh, you've got a fan <laughs> Uh, she mentioned pushing. What, what, uh, what, what do you mean by pushing? Well, um, the, the dog's mind evolved to overcome resistance. So what, I developed this technique that I offer the dog resistance, and he pushes through that resistance to get to what he wants. And I use food in the beginning, and we use the toys. And this is like the most fun a dog can have is overcoming resistance. You know, if we raise a child with simple pleasures, they would not be well developed. So what we do with children is we give them structured challenges and they overcome the resistance. And this is the greatest pleasure a social being can ever experience. And this leads them to understanding group purpose. So uh, if your dog wants to fight another dog, we teach him to push into the handler and that becomes where his energy goes. It's a way of the dog giving his emotion, investing his emotion in his handler, and then it becomes available for training. So whatever it is that you don't like about your dog, we attract it, and we get it grounded into the owner, if you will. And uh, the dog doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want any friction. He, he, he wants to synchronize with everything in his environment. But if his energy is stuck due to trauma or manic stimulation, which a lot of dogs are getting these days, um, that energy has to find its way out, and, and pushing is an exercise where they, they invest their energy in their owner, and then they feel good, and then they give credit to whatever it was that was an, initially an irritant or fear-driven, uh, they start to feel good about it. In, interesting. I think your uh, experience with dogs has turned you into uh, quite a psychologist. Um, Kevin, we're, we're just about out of time. I, I have uh, one or two other questions I wanted to ask, uh, but I do want to thank you so much for coming on the program. Uh, Kevin's the author of Your Dog is Your Mirror, 
the emotional capacity of our dogs and ourselves. Uh, you've been a, a terrific guest, and uh, I, I'm really grateful that you came on the program. Thank you. Well, it's been my, my pleasure. I'm, I'm grateful for your good questions. Take uh, oh, oh, half a minute or a minute maybe uh, and uh, reflect a little on the title, Your Dog is Your Mirror. What, what do you want uh, the reader to take away from that? How should I uh, behave differently uh, with my dog starting tomorrow? Yeah, well, you know, what I learned from working with problem dogs is before we try to fix the problem, let's get the message. And it's very humbling, and it takes the, 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 the pressure off between the dog and owner. Once one understands how the dog is reflecting what we are feeling, and, you know, we're the most important emotional element of any dog's life. Everything revolves around us. Um, so everything about the dog begins to reflect that incredible emotional magnet in his world. So if we were just to take the time and stop seeing the dog as something in opposition to us, um, it changes the whole paradigm. But we're uh, part, of, part of the same team. Uh, exactly. Kevin, we've just uh, got a few seconds here. Uh, tell our listeners how they can find your book and your website. Well, they could, they could go to their local store and hopefully ask for it. And otherwise, there's Amazon.com, of course, Barnes & Noble, um, and uh, my website is NaturalDogTraining.com. Good luck with the book, Kevin, and thanks again for being on the program. I really enjoyed our conversation. It's, I've uh, enjoyed it, too. Uh, Thank very, you. Fred. Very informative. Uh, be sure and tune in next week, uh, 8 to 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, uh, pay attention to what your dog is saying, do something about it, and remember Jamie's first rule for a good life. Don't bark if a wolf will do the job. 